give yourself some distraction-free time. By turning off your notifications, what you're doing is then when you go into your Slack or you go into your Facebook or you go into your email, you're going in with intention and you're going in to do a job. Helping nonprofit marketers, fundraisers, and leaders like you grow their revenue and impact so they can do more good in the world. This is the Build Good Podcast. Now here's your host, Mike Dirksen. Hello, and thank you for joining me on the Build Good Podcast. This is the show for people like you who build a better world for all of us. Now, you, dear listener, many of you, uh, I don't know you personally, but I'm willing to bet that you struggle with productivity, at least every now and again. And I'm willing to bet you struggle with productivity because we all do. You know, there's, there's so many distractions, so many interruptions with emails and Slack messages and calendar notifications. And the more fundraising grows, the more successful our nonprofit becomes, the harder it is to actually get stuff done. So today on the podcast, we're talking to Rachel Baerbauer, who thinks about productivity a lot. Rachel works specifically with small shop CEOs and fundraisers. Now, these are people who wear multiple hats at all times, whose work is by nature not very focused because they get pulled into a thousand different directions every day because that's kind of what you do when you're bootstrapping any kind of startup. Now, Rachel is the founder of Small Shop Strategies, and she helps fundraisers deal with the overwhelm by creating repeatable systems and processes. Today, Rachel is going to share seven productivity hacks that can help all of us become more productive at work, have more focus, feel less anxiety, get more done, and have more peace of mind. So let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with Rachel Baerbauer. Rachel Baerbauer, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, Mike. It's great to be here. I'm excited to have you on today uh, for two reasons. Number one is we recently did a survey of our podcast audience, and about one third of the listeners of this show work in what we might consider a small nonprofit, a small shop. So they may not be in a position to work with an agency like Build Good because they are the fundraising agency in-house. They, they do it all. They're like the Swiss army knife of fundraising. And you are a small shop coach. Number two is you're also just one of the most positive people I know, and you share everything you know, you share everything you learn. So any chance I get to hang out with you, uh, I'll take it. Oh, that's so kind of you to say. And, you know, I'm really just building off of my experience as a nonprofit founder and executive director and just feeling that, you know, having to wear all the hats while also creating the plan and changing the world. Like, that's a lot of pressure to have on your shoulders. Yeah. So before we dig into the topic for today, which is productivity, uh, I want to give a bit of recognition to small shop fundraisers, uh, because there's this trope of like the underfunded small nonprofit that like, I don't know, uses donated toothpicks or something and is working on like 90s 
PCs on like a wobbly desk somewhere. But in reality, like small shops are are very similar to like scrappy tech startups. They they put few resources to work and, and leverage big impact. Um, and yeah, like some stay small, but others others also grow year over year. And, and many of them are often better managed than some of the big shops. Many of them manage to have better relationships with their donors, which becomes their competitive advantage. Many of them meet the donors' needs better. So I just want to hear from you, like, why do you specifically focus on small shops? Well, I think it's really just everything that you just listed right there. As a small shop organization, you really have to have that entrepreneurial mindset of not only thinking through what your impact is going to be, but also how are you going to do it right now when you are underfunded and overwhelmed, but also looking to that big picture and how are you going to scale it? And, you know, I think uh, when you are a small organization, you really have the opportunity to be super personal with your donors and your participants and anyone who benefits from your organization. And that's one of the beautiful things about small organizations is that you can be really, really personal. And I feel like that sometimes kind of goes away as you continue to grow. So there's a lot of opportunity for small organizations to have a really big impact. Yeah. And and your job is is to help small shops set up sort of the structure and, and, and the systems they need to scale and also to just create a plan that they can actually manage and, and feel confident in. Now, we're going to talk about productivity today. And by the way, th- this is a topic that applies to everyone, not just small shop CEOs and fundraisers. Um, but when you're in a small shop, it it feels like you have to be like at the top of your productivity game because there's so much to do and you don't have like a bunch of assistants to help you do it. So people put all this pressure on themselves and, and that doesn't help, does it? No, no, there is so much pressure to be organized and to, to be productive but this is not about being perfect. And going back to that entrepreneurial mindset, it's being open to trying new things and testing and seeing what works. You can absolutely refer to the larger organizations and see what they're doing, but that isn't necessarily going to work in your organization. So you really want to take a look at what is best for you you as the executive director who you know is only one person or you as the program manager who's only one person what are you actually able to do in a day and i mean small organizations do some incredible things but also lowering the expectation a little bit about what's actually able to be accomplished yeah so so being productive and being organized um it's really about identifying um, the things that that you can automate, that you can make it a little bit easier, um, and then being really consistent about it, right? Yes, those are like all of my favorite words. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a plan for small shops. And today you are going to share seven productivity hacks that every small shop CEO and fundraiser can use to uh, reduce anxiety, have peace of mind um, and uh, get more done as well. So I'll, I'll start with number one here, um, which is to turn off all notifications. Do you mean like like 
all notifications? All of them. Your email, your Slack, your Facebook, your reminder to drink water from your Fitbit, all of them. Wow. Here's the thing. They're a distraction. And they're taking you away from the work that you need to be doing. So if you're working on something and you, you know, you take a look at your phone and you have an email notification pop up, you are like right in that, you know, stream of thought, but then you are jolted away from that. You go and check your email, you might check several more emails, and then it can take you up to 20 minutes and sometimes more to settle back into that task. So do you also mean like turning off your phone and just like not taking phone calls? So it's it's a mix. I think that there is an opportunity to put your phone aside, maybe set a timer. I, I love setting timers and give yourself some distraction-free time. I'm not saying that you should never answer a phone call or never answer your text messages, but by turning off your notifications, what you're doing is then when you go into your Slack or you go into your Facebook or you go into your email, you're going in with intention and you're going in to do a job. You are going in to answer DMs or answer emails or uh, snooze an email or whatever needs to happen with that. You are going in with intention instead of just going and scrolling or you're going into your email and then that email leads to something that you need to do and then that leads to something that you forgot that you needed to do and then that leads to making sure that you put you know carrots on your grocery list which leads to making sure that the bunnies outside have enough food you know so <laughs> you really can <laughs> can go off on that tangent and it all happened from getting an email pop up on your phone Right. Yeah, that spiraled out of control quickly. I really feel you on this one. Uh, and this is a hard one for me. Uh, and, and I can totally hear a lot of people listening right now say, but, but Rachel, like, you don't understand, I need to be an email, I need to reply to Slack, I need to reply to text, like people are relying on me to get back to them. Yeah, I can, I feel like I can actually feel people's eyes rolling back in their head as if they were a teenager. I, I feel it deep inside of me and I get it. It is a hard, yeah. hard transition to make. That being said, once you, you know, start slow. I mean, you don't have to go cold turkey. Start slow and get rid of, you know, maybe just the notifications that are on your phone or just the notifications that are on your computer that kind of pop up as you're working. Um, I I can guarantee you're going to start to feel this just this weight off of you because you aren't constantly being amped up. Remember, it's these notifications are meant to kind of give you like a, a cortisol hit. Is that the right word? Cortisol? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah. and really just, you know, it becomes addicting. And so that need to be in your email or need to respond to text messages, that urgency, that's like chemicals in your brain working. But once you take that away, you get so much more done. Like, have you ever had to charge your phone in a different room? You go and you're like, okay, well, I'll just do something really quick while it, while it charges. And then like three hours later, you have like created a masterpiece. Yeah. So this is, if I examine my own habits, 
um, I would probably feel like, man, if I turn off all notifications for like hours at a time, um, or even like leave my phone in a different room for hours at a time, I would probably feel so anxious. But what I'm not realizing realizing is that being on notifications all the time is keeping me at a low level of anxiety at all times. Correct. Anxiety is real. And I don't think that people realize the impact that it is having on your your everyday mental health. So I try to do Amish hour every night, which is that an hour before I go to bed, I, I try to just shut off the computer, leave the phone outside my room and just read for about an hour. And every time I do it at the beginning, I feel like I am, there's a bit of loss aversion going on. I feel like I'm losing something. And then when you start to read and really get into it, yeah, you just start to feel a lot more peaceful. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a good feeling to kind of use your brain in a different way, you know, kind of away from it. It allows that creativity and that just imagination, allowing that to come out. Like, I know that you have a young daughter and I imagine that she's just says the most amazing, crazy things. But it's because her time, her brain has the opportunity to think about that. Whereas we're just being fed information from our phone. Right. So that's number one, turn off all notifications. And when you do go in, um, go in with intention. I love that. Number two is start your workday with a clean workspace. Um, talk to me about this a little bit. Are, are we cleaning our desk at, at the end of every day? Yeah. You know, okay. So many of us are working from home. So our office might actually be the couch and the coffee table or upstairs in a bedroom. It's probably in your living space. Some of us do have offices, but regardless of where your space is, you need to have that kind of clean slate idea. It always feels good to start fresh. And, and I'm not saying you have to like, you know, get out the, the cleaning spray and wipe down your desk every single day. But by, you know, taking just a minute to stack up the papers, to take your coffee mug to the sink, and to maybe put the books that you were looking at, like, back onto the bookshelf, you are giving, you're telling your brain like, okay, it is now time for me to start, you know, winding down for the day. And then when you come back in the next morning, you aren't feeling like, oh my gosh, like really, I didn't like clean up my lunch, you know, bowl from, <laughs> from lunch yesterday. Oh my gosh. Like it just kind of starts the, the day off on the wrong foot. And and so by starting with that clean workspace, you just have that that clean slate and that fresh like, okay, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to get to work right now. Right. Yeah, I, I like that as both like a workday, like shutdown ritual, like, okay, the workday is done. I'm going to tidy up. I'm going to clean up. That's the last thing I do. And then that's also like a clean separation between like working and and just like your life um, because you have this ritual that you do every day that marks the end of the workday. Um, and also like coming back to the desk in the morning and, and it being clean. I mean, it's like you're looking into my workspace here. That that, <laughs> that rarely happens. But I do this with my brain where at the end of the day, I have to actually make the list for the next day and I have to clean up my project management system and everything. Um, so, so I do that digitally. I do it with my brain, getting everything out of my brain. Um, but 
but having that be reflected in a physical space, um, I think it's a fantastic idea. Yeah, I like the. Um, okay, you can skip that. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> which which brings me to number three, which is brain dump all your to dos. What do you mean by this? Oh my gosh! So often in smaller organizations, you have a ton on your plate. You also have a ton in your brain, and so by keeping a ton of information, all of the to-dos, everything that you're trying not to forget just with your organization, let alone what you need to do with your life and your home and your outside relationships. If you're keeping all of that inside your head, that is burning a lot of mental energy and you're not being efficient with your time because you are spending so much time thinking about all the things you're trying not to forget. So it's a really simple process of sitting down for two minutes and just writing everything down. And then you can go through and organize it and sort it and figure out how to, you know, how to prioritize it, but just get it down on paper. So getting it all out of your head, getting it down on paper or getting it down onto a document uh, on the computer or, or maybe even into your project management software. Are we keeping kind of like a, for lack of a better word, just like a junk drawer where we like toss all the to-dos in and then later on we're going to go back in and clean it out and see what we're actually going to work on? Yeah, that is a perfect analogy. I love that. I'm totally stealing that. It is exactly the junk drawer. So whether that is a Google Doc that you pull up or that's just like, you know, a notebook that you have next to your desk that you just every morning or every evening just put it all down there, whatever works for you, then I... I personally like to write it down. I'm I like to take physical notes. It just helps me retain more efficiently. Uh, and then I take everything that's on that paper, and if it needs to be, I put it into my project management. Number four is determine uh, the order in which to get things done. Is the order of things to get done indicative of of what's like most important to least important? You can look at it a couple different ways. So is it is it urgent? Is it important? Is it something that's going to move your mission forward? So often, so often I hear organizations that are super focused on, you know, something that, while it's important, it's not necessarily what's going to move your mission forward the quickest. While you have so much goodness that you are doing within your program, you really have to prioritize that fundraising. And so if on your to-do list is, you know, enter donations into your, you know, CRM, call a donor, write a note to someone, what is it in there that is going to make the greatest impact. And it might be just calling those donors, even though that I feel like that is something that's always pushed to the bottom of the list. You can't always push, you know, doing your book work, like you're going to have to do that at some point. So it's, it's strategizing, like what, what can I do right now that's going to make the greatest impact? Right. So I'm curious your thoughts on this. Um, so the way that, that I just do this is, is I do sort of a daily big three because I personally feel like if I do more than big, like the, the three big things I need to get done that day, if I do more than that, I personally just feel really overwhelmed. I, I end up doing more than those three things, uh, but sometimes I don't even end up doing those three things. So I, I try to just pick like one or two or three like important things and ask myself, 
like what do I need to do today to move the the business forward? If if I can do those big three things, I'll be in a good place. How do you see that? I totally agree with you. I'm a big fan of picking the top three and just trying to get that done. I'm also a big fan of using a project management system. So again, when you, you know, you do that brain dump, so you put everything on paper and then you put it into your project management system and you put it on a day that you you know it needs to get done, but you're you're pushing it out to a time when you know that you are going to have the capacity to do it. So then each day you can kind of, you know, look at that project management system and you're like, oh, I have 17 things on my list today. That's not actually going to work. So you can kind of um, reprioritize. Right. Yeah, the 17 things, <laughs> you end up pushing things forward every single day, right? Um, you, you get through a few of them, then you're like, oh, okay, I'll get to the rest tomorrow. You redo your list tomorrow. And eventually you start to feel like, you start to feel like you're an unproductive person, um, even though you're not. Um, it, it's just the act of having so many things on your list every day makes you feel like you're unproductive. You know, something that I heard recently, and I wish I could remember where I heard it, but the act of taking something off your list and just not doing it is also crossing something off your list. Sometimes things that keep getting pushed are just not that important. Yeah, we moved houses a few years ago and we were cleaning up the other day and there's some boxes that have never been unpacked. And I just asked my wife, like, if we haven't unpacked these things by now, <laughs> do we really need them? Um, I feel like we don't. Yeah, I'm with you. As somebody who has also moved, sometimes you just don't don't look in the box. Just like take it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So getting rid of items on a to-do list that just aren't getting done, um, yeah, might be might be a signal um, that they're probably, maybe they're not worth doing, maybe they're not things that you should be doing, and maybe you should just consider not doing them, unless it's to the detriment uh, of your mission or, or your health or, or whatever it is. And if that's the case, then really thinking through, okay, how can I delegate this? Right, yeah. Hey, I'll be right back with my conversation with Rachel. If you're listening to this podcast and you struggle with distractions and productivity, know that your donors are no different. They are bombarded by messages and distractions and meetings all day long. Their brains are burning calories and they're tired. Their brains just crave clarity and simplicity. And whether you like it or not, a lot of your fundraising communications are just another interruption for them. So don't force their brains to burn a lot more calories because they'll just tune you out. The good news is you can make your fundraising and your direct mail and your emails and your social media ads more memorable, more human, and more effective in connecting with your donors. And we've got a free video mini course for you called the 5-Minute Fundraising Fix to show you how. And it's actually a lot easier than you might think because all you have to do is change the words you use when communicating with your donors. All you have to do is change the words you use when communicating with your donors. And changing the words you use is free. It costs you nothing. And neither does the video mini course at 5minutefundraisingfix.com. That's the number 5minutefundraisingfix.com. Now back to my conversation. 
with Rachel Beerbauer. So we're going to look at our junk drawer where we have all the brain dump to-dos that we've put in there. We're going to choose maybe the big three, one, two, three things we can do that day. Uh, maybe four or five, some smaller things as well. Um, that's number four. Number five, then we're going to do the hardest thing first and get it checked off the list. Um, I, I, I love the idea of this, Rachel. I probably want to do this every day. Um, I, I probably very rarely actually end up doing it that way. Okay, if we're being honest, me too. It's one of those things that I struggle with all the time because who wants to do things that are really hard when you can do something that's a lot easier and feels better to check off your list? But the idea around this, you know, hardest can be defined in a lot of different ways. So is it giving time to onboarding a new volunteer so that they can do a really, really good job, making sure that you have everything set up for them from templates to understanding the culture of the organization. If you do that, then that's going to take a ton of pressure off of you later on. But so often we prioritize those easier things and it doesn't happen every day. Like we're still humans. We make decisions in the moment and that's okay. But if you can just, if when you are looking at those big three items, realizing like, okay, what do I not want to do? And if you can just knock that out, then the rest of your day is so much easier. Right. That's what I think I love about it is the fact that if you do the hardest thing first, you will feel like you've already won the day. Um, because how much harder can it get? You've already done the hardest thing. Number six is, is to set a timer. Okay, what are we setting a timer for? Whatever it is that your brain needs you to set a timer for. <laughs> These the timer is really for the days when you're feeling just unmotivated or not feeling super productive, um, or you find yourself you know you're sitting in your email just kind of like waiting for the next email to come in uh, and just refreshing. Like those days, you're not getting a ton done, but you you always have so much on your to do list. So taking the time to just okay, I'm going to give myself 25 minutes. And I'm going to bust out as many emails as I can. For me, I typically do it with email because I can get sucked into my email and my email becomes my to-do list. And, you know, we we heard the, the tangent that you can go um, when you enter an e email box. So it's setting that timer, going in with intention, and just trying to get as much done as possible in the shortest amount of time. Right. So this is new to me. I, I mean, I've definitely heard of time blocking, um, but I've never thought of, of setting a timer. Um, we, we use a, a time timer all the time when we're running through like a structured debrief or a structured workshop with a client. And a time timer is just this neat tool that sort of visualizes how much time you have left without using like actual time. Um, but I've never thought to like time box uh, my day-to-day -day work. Is this even a way to like gamify work a little bit to, you know, see if you can get this task done in time? Oh, for sure. So I, <laughs> again, going back to email or even social media, I kind of have about an hour that I do email in the morning. The reason for that is because I have a walking desk. So I jump onto the treadmill with my computer and this cool little platform thing that I made. And 
I try to answer emails while walking on the treadmill. And I like to try to walk for at least 30 minutes. And if I'm, you know, I've got the time, then an hour. And so I'm not actually pulling out my phone and setting a timer. I just know like, okay, the time that I am on this treadmill, I am answering emails and I want to try to get as many done as possible. But even if you're not jumping onto a treadmill, it just, it gives you a beginning and an end, which I think our brains really, really like knowing that, okay, this, this will be done in 30 minutes and I'm going to see how much I can get, get done. Yeah, it, it forces a little bit of focus too, uh, and it gives us certainty. Number seven is create clear goals and write them down. I want to spend a bit of time here. Uh, are we talking yearly goals, quarterly goals, weekly goals, daily goals? Uh, how are we going to manage this? All of them. I love I love talking about goals, and I think they are so important. So a couple of things to remember when it comes to goals is writing them down. Because if you don't write them down, they're just a dream. They're just out there. and what makes it become a true goal is writing it down and then taking the time to figure out how to break it out. So big picture, I think it's great to have, you know, some some bigger goals for your year, maybe three years out. But those are kind of, those are mileposts. Okay, we'll, we'll use the uh, hiking metaphor with this. Those are like the the mountains, the mountain ranges in the distance, those are kind of far away. You're not worried about those right now. But I'm a big believer in creating goals, really, really solid goals for 90 days. So one to three goals for the next 90 days and breaking those out into very clear tasks and subtasks and then scheduling those into your project management system or scheduling them for a time that you can get them done and focus on them. Right. Having goals is also a bit of a true north. So we can effectively make a decision about how we're going to spend our time and our money that week or that day or that month. Because we can ask ourselves, I mean, does this activity help me get closer to my goal or no? And if no, should I be really, should I be doing it? Um, because every, t every time I say yes to something, whatever that is, I'm probably saying no to something else, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that a great example, and especially I think this is something that small organizations deal with on a regular basis is you have, you know, you kind of have some goals in this plan. And then a board member, a volunteer comes in and is like, hey, I have this great idea. And you're like, okay, let's do it. And that happens one time, two times, three times. And you're continuing to just overload yourself. And all of a sudden you look up and you're like, I'm not getting anything done. I'm just, you know, working on all these different projects and spreading my time really, really thin. Whereas if you focus on one to three goals then you are actually going to move the needle further in your organization quicker because you can really you're you're getting these projects done on a regular basis you're they're not being drawn out for months and months and months at a time 
Yeah, so just just to recap, I've been taking lots of notes here. Um, the seven things, the seven productivity hacks for, for small shop fundraisers and CEOs, but really for everyone, is number one, turn off notifications. And, and you do mean all notifications. Um, turn them off so you can focus on your work. Number two is start your workday with a clean workspace. Um, clutter makes you distracted. So at the end of the day, tidy up your workspace so you can have a fresh start the next day. Number three is to just brain dump all your to-dos into like a master to-do list um, that you get to uh, pick and choose from later. Number four is every day determine the order in which you're going to get things done. Choose one or two or three of those things from um, from that master to-do list where you've brain dumped all your stuff into um, and, and order it in the order of importance of what matters most, what will make the most impact. Number five is do the hardest thing first so you can get that checked off the list and so you can uh, win your day. Number six is set a timer for when you're working on stuff. Just set a timer, force yourself to focus and to get your task done in that time. Number seven is to create goals and write them down review those goals, and then evaluate as you're planning out your week and your day whether your efforts are moving you closer to those goals. Rachel, I, I want to talk about consistency a little bit um, because all of these sort of seven productivity hacks, I think it's easy for somebody to say like, oh yeah, maybe, like, maybe that will help me, maybe it won't. But we underestimate how a little bit of extra effort what that snowballs into over time if we just do it consistently, right? Yeah, there's there's a quote out there that I saw recently that if you improve yourself by just 1% every single day for an entire year, you are going to be 37 times better. And I really, I know I had read that a while ago, but for some reason, just hearing that recently really drilled in the fact that consistency matters. It is so incredibly important, even when you, you know, if you're listening to this in third quarter or first quarter, end of first quarter, and, you know, how are your New Year's resolutions going? You know, have you fallen off the wagon yet? It's, it's so important to like every single day, even when it's hard, even even if you forget one day, you don't go to the gym or you get off track with how you're eating or whatever it is that you set your goal to, it's getting back and just continuing to try to do better every single day. One to the power of 365 uh, is just one. Um, but if you add 1% every day, 1.01 to the power of 365 becomes 378 and not to get too like math here, um, but if you if you take away one percent, um, like point nine nine to the power of three hundred and sixty five, um, has a significant um, like exponential decreasing effect. You end up getting less than point zero three. Um, so if we just are able to add a little bit of extra effort over time. It is amazing the snowball effect that it can have. And if we let ourselves just like let entropy take over and just do a little bit less every day, it is amazing how fast we can deteriorate. 
totally agree with that. And that is so easy for us to talk about right here. Just like, yeah, you know, just like be 1% better every day. Easy. Here's the deal. Consistency takes a plan. And that plan takes some time on the front end. But if you invest the time to create your plan, to figure out your content, to figure out your marketing, your communications, your what your plan is with your donors, if you take that time, then it's a whole lot easier to be consistent every single day. Rachel, this is a small taste of what you offer in the Productive Executive Director, which is a, a membership program that you run for small shop leaders. Tell us just a little bit about the program and where people can find it. You know, we all struggle with being consistent, being organized, having that accountability. And especially when you're a small shop executive director, you just need to know that you're not alone. And and that's really why I created the Productive Executive Director was to give executive directors an opportunity and a space to, one, just learn how, learn the foundation of what they need to do to build a successful organization, but also have that mentorship and that community and accountability all coming together so that they can really level up their organization even if they're just a shop of one or two or even three people. Rachel, I, I ask every guest on the show, do you have a word of encouragement for all the nonprofit leaders and, and fundraisers and marketers who are really doing the hard work day in, day out of building good in our world? Hmm, that's a, oh, I love that question. I would say to start small. If you feel overwhelmed or like you're not doing enough, if you just check that one thing off your to-do list, or if you just accomplish that one goal, that momentum and that confidence is going to build kind of that, that snowball effect that we were just talking about. So small steps lead to big impact. And in a small organization, there is nothing more true than the huge, huge impact a small organization can have. Well, I'm grateful that that you are helping small shops figure out their impact and work towards scaling and automating their processes. Rachel, if people want to know more, if they want to join the Productive Executive Director or, or if they want to follow you, where can they find you? Yeah. So if you are interested in the membership program, Productive Executive Director, head to my website, which is smallshopstrategies.com forward slash be productive. And I hang out on Instagram. So uh, give me a follow over at, uh, at Small Shop Strategies. I am constantly sharing my best practices, my epic fails, and lots of photos of my dogs on the farm. Rachel, thanks, uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Thanks for making the time. And uh, will you come back sometime on this show and, and we'll talk some more about this? Yes, please. This has been great. Well, that's all for today. I personally will admit that I struggle with a lot of this stuff and I will try to commit to turning off notifications for blocks of time. I really like that idea. It's something that I need to implement for myself. And I hope you feel encouraged to try some of these simple strategies for yourself as well. You know, cleaning out your desk at the end of the day, 
uh, setting a timer for a task. These are all easy to try strategies. So pick one or two and see if it helps you focus. Now, I want to thank you for listening to the Build Good podcast brought to you by Build Good and 5MinuteFundraisingFix.com. If you've enjoyed the show, would you do me a small favor? Would you subscribe and rate this show in your favorite podcast app? And if you happen to be listening to us in an Apple podcast, would you consider writing a review of the show? That way, other fundraisers and leaders like you are that much more likely to find the show. And it helps us bring on different guests that we can all learn from. It takes about two minutes, and I would just so appreciate it. I'd be so grateful if you took the time to do that. Thank you for the work you do. I'm your host, Mike Dirksen, cheering you on as you build good in the world.